Pirate Podcast. My name's Dave. My name's Rob. And I'm Richard. And this is episode two where we're talking about snooze. Or venom. Or venom. Although this is one of the very few episodes where there's absolutely no contention about what the title is. It's like everybody universally agrees that this one's just called Snooze. It was first broadcast on the 15th of November 1970, which was a Sunday evening at 10.30pm. So I'm not sure with the habits of the British are different to the Australians, but I don't know many people out here that watch television at 10.30 on Sunday, but that's when it was broadcast. Now, I've got a confession to make at this point. When we were planning this podcast and I was looking through the list of the first season episodes, and I thought, well, that's going to be our first seven episodes. I thought, episode one, yeah, not bad, pretty good. Episode seven, classic, lots of people love it. I looked through the middle five and I was a little bit worried that it was going to be five episodes out of seven of it's not very good, it's not very good. Then I rewatched Snooze and it's actually really quite enjoyable. At least I thought it was. Um, Richard, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, listen, I mean, I, it's one I, I've always had a bit of a. Uh, well, soft spot's probably wrong, but I, it's one I've always enjoyed. I, I think it's pro- probably a, a better episode than, than Beef Eaters overall. And I think you maybe see that by it was recorded fourth but was screened second, and that maybe also says something about the episode that they replaced, uh, perhaps, which I think we're going to get to in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, look, it is, it's, it's a fun episode. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good summation. Rob, what, what's your headline thoughts? Well, I think, having gone back and, and looked at this, it's, it's probably a middling episode. I would disagree with Richard. I think it's a little bit worse than Beef Eaters. I, I think the... Obviously, the staple at this t- point in the series history is to get on the guest actor... And I thought the guest actor wasn't very good. Uh, no, I'd agree with that. He, he, but uh, Roddy Maud Roxby. Well, actually, he was probably good. It was more he didn't really have anything to do more, perhaps. No, I actually tend to agree with Rob. I think when you've got George Baker in Beef Eaters, who plays it absolutely straight, uh, you've then got the guest actor in the next episode who just goes for it in terms of just, just over-the-top comedy. This guy doesn't quite seem to know where to pitch, whether he's, he's being serious or he's being comedic whether it's dramatic or he's doing pratfalls, he just, I don't think he quite nails it. And that's perhaps reflective of the fact that in this first season, they themselves haven't quite nailed what the tone of the series is and they're not quite sure how they want their guest stars to play it. Because yeah, I, I, don't think he, I don't think he quite knows what, how to pitch it. No. I mean, it, clearly they're attempting to do some sort of satire on the advertising industry. Hmm. But they, I mean, they sort of go for it for a little bit and then they just get into the hijinks. You know, the whole snooze, you know, everyone's falling asleep and all that sort of thing. Well, I think, I mean, you would say the visual, the, like the filmed inserts are probably the strongest part of it, I, I would think. Uh, yes. Yes, and, and un- unusually, I'd argue, especially for these early ones, um, the filmed inserts sometimes are stuff that I'm quite tempted to fast forward, fast forward through. But these, these ones are I, really I actually good. think perhaps for the first, certainly in the first season, I, the thing I found, and we're probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but what I found with the first season, I, I think having re- just recently rewatched them all, the filmed inserts in, in these middle five are probably the best parts of them. Mm. Um, I think in, in most of them, if, if not all of them. They're certainly better than I remember them being. Mm. Uh, but you're, you're right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll go back. Now, the opening sequence, which is basically two or three minutes of Graham waking up and getting dressed, 
interesting choice for an episode that's only episode two of an entire series. Uh, very, very funny though. I thought I, I really, I really like it. Um, it is. It's sort of one of those ones you, you sort of think it was put in there because they suddenly realise the episode's under running uh, when they've done the read-through that they're getting a bit short. So what, what can we do to, to pad it out a bit? But it's too well put together to be a last-minute thing. That's exactly right. I mean, the, 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 the props and everything that's been used to put together and you know, the, 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 the costume that sews up... I mean, you kind of wonder what he does with the chicken outside. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, it's it's sort of Graham's Rube Goldberg device, isn't it? Really, the way it is really, yeah, for the, for the day. I I found it a bit laboured personally, and it was, it was interesting that the audience, I you know, it, it seemed to me that the audience didn't know really how to react to it all. Mm. Um, I, I did hear one of the audience members whisper, "Salt and pepper, salt and pepper." And <laughs> I thought that the chandelier, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I I just going back, I do agree with Richard that the uh, the film inserts. Um, especially in this one here, um, Bill going from the awning over the over the building onto the double decker bus. Yes, uh, and that, then, that is yeah. something that strikes me as: what are you doing with your lead? What are your lead actors risking their lives doing that? Well, I'll be interested to know how you do it because if you watch it really closely, it's clearly been slowed down. Oh, I think the bus would be because, hardly yeah because really. when it's put up yeah it's put to sort of what's meant to be normal time. A fast idle, I would think. Yeah, because um, um, his, his movements are incredibly jerky, indicating that it's like literally. One step, another step, That's very true. carefully, and then sped up to try and look at make it look. But even so, you're right. I assume it was bloody. Uh, no, it is because that's the thing where they said they realised in some instances they really didn't have to do their own stunts. Mm. Um, well, you see Bill sleepwalking on the beach, mm. and it, look, it's clear that he's ahead of the explosions. But even but so, they, we're talking about a beach that's full of made of stones, and there's you know massive, not massive, mm. but quite large explosions going on. So, I mean, maybe forced perspective, he could be, you know... Oh, I'd, I'd say... 10 metres ahead of it or something. But, and I mean, look, it's very obvious. It's the first one particularly, because that, if it is a forced perspective shot, that's really well done, because it yes. looks like it's pretty much right on top of it. Yes. The other two are very clearly off to the side. Yes. yes. But that very first one that goes off is very... Well, it certainly looks like it's right next to him. It does, it does. It's, it's very good. Um, Rob, you mentioned the audience in there, and it, mm. it did strike me, um, for anybody going in to watch this thing... They probably went because they were fans of stuff like At Last the 1948 Show and staple British comedies at the time, but they would never have seen the goodies. No. They, no, I mean, they would have come... I mean, I guess you would have maybe the audience who, for Broaden Your Mind, perhaps, who'd, who'd been fans of that, maybe. Yeah, so they may have been fans of the, the actors. Or they, just, they would know the actors, but mm. not, the, not the concept. No. So, yeah, so you, you, you do see that first sequence particularly, as you said, them just going, I'm not quite sure what, what to make of this. What is... Yeah. What is this thing? But what? Sorry, I'll, I'll get to what. What makes it for me is not so much what Graham's doing, but Tim's reaction to it. Yes, and that was what I was going to say because Tim, I, I, I don't think the piece works because I don't see any particular humour in the in the sort of intricacy of it. But as you say, Tim's reaction to missing out on getting the paper and the look on his face yes. is is quite amusing. Is quite amusing. I was just going to say, and this is probably something that you know. Um, might, may come up again and again. This was screened in 1970, so this is 46 years ago, yep. almost 46 years ago, and a lot of the references have died with the people who you know who, who watched it effectively. So why is it that when the radio is going on, think about the Radio Times or something, the, the fist comes out of the wall and bashes the radio to pieces? I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't get I, that. I think it was Tony Blackburn on the radio. Ah, okay, uh, okay. okay. I think that that's what that was. But it's funny you mentioned that because that was something again that's very noticeable in that. For all the intricacy of it, 
the hammer's very clearly somebody standing on the yeah, side. Yeah, it's on the other side with the, with the hammer. There's no, there's no mechanical movement no, to it at no. all. No, and I mean, and, and in the um, and the filmed insert, I did stop it and go back and because I was wanted to read what the sign was at that gathering, and it was uh, it was uh, a Conservative Party conference that was being oh, okay. was going on. I was trying, right. to, I was thinking, who's the speaker? And I couldn't work out who the speaker yeah. was, and I and I looked up who the Prime Minister was at the time, which was I think was Edward Heath. Ted it was clearly Ted. not Ted Heath. So, what, the small things that amuse my small mind. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, that's interesting. Now you you brought up the idea of being padded. Uh, this episode only goes for 26 minutes, mm. even with all that going in. So uh, an example of, I think, where they weren't quite writing things um, at great length, um, I did notice how badly the set shakes in a few of those bits, mm. particularly when they go through um, the cupboards. Oh, the, yeah. the, whole, the whole thing just, just shakes there. Um, a few little references. Uh, there's a Rolf Harris joke, which is... Yes. What's the first reference for Rolf Harris? I think that's the first yes, I think. Uh, no, because they did the Tommy Kangaroo dance sport in the... In oh, the yes, they do. Where, they, they where do. they're looking oh, through okay. the magic window. No, yeah. you're right, they do. Um, so, yeah, the, the guest star arrives, and it's the first case of them being hired for some sort of marketing thing, which yes. is a theme that continues through the series quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then leads to a lovely little bit with Graham and... Um, being a regular user of Venom. Yes, that's right, going to Sleepy Bobos. Going to Sleepy Bobos. <laughs> Which I must admit, I have actually used on my own children as well. <laughs> Not Venom, sorry. Not <laughs> and this is something that I'll probably come back to again and again as the weeks roll on. Just, I, I think watching Graham Garden as Graham is is probably the most entertaining part of a lot of these middle uh, middle episodes of season of series. I, one. I think they are actually. I yeah. think his physicality, because he's a tall, gangly sort of yeah. bloke, um, and his ability, his his, his wordplay, his you know his, his his delivery of of his lines. I think he stands out above Tim and and Bill. I think Bill plays himself more yes. or less, and I'm not quite sure what Tim's doing at this point. But Graham, I think, nails it basically from episode one or two. Yeah, look, I think that's fair, and I think. We, we've sort of indicated that as we go on down season one, we're going to have a little bit of a, more of a look, look at, at the characters. That, that, that character, particularly, particularly of Tim's portrayal. Now, this was an interesting case of the memory cheating in some ways because I found my memory of this is that it was a sort of a short opening sequence, a short ending sequence, and about 20 minutes of sleepwalking. Mm. <laughs> but the sleepwalking is actually only about four minutes. But there's a lot of apparently forgettable, you might say, stuff between them and the... Um, snooze guy. Yeah, and, well, I suppose it's the, the whole bit, bit where they go to the, the board, boardroom, the board, room, the board meeting. Stuff. Yeah, uh, that that actually, it, I can see what they're trying to do, um, where he's repeating them and taking credit for ideas. It, it isn't an example of them still writing for radio. Perhaps those those sort of word plays that don't quite work on the, on TV. Maybe. Um, well, there is a little bit of that in a future episode, which we'll probably touch on, where. The Playgirl Club one, where the uh, is it Molly Sugden keeps yeah. talking about her, that again is yeah, for Frank's dead budgie. Else. Yes, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. So yeah, it's interesting they're still adjusting there, but um, you then have a bit of location footage where they go out and drop the antidote into the reservoir. Yes, into the reservoir. <laughs> clearly a barrel of milk. Yeah, the stuff they say. What do they need? They need twenty three thousand gallons or something, and then it's all contained in one barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Although he does say it's highly concentrated. Yes, he does. Highly concentrated. And actually, I must admit, it is one of the one other noticeable thing. It is the one and only appearance of the Goodies van. Snooze. Oh, okay. We never, we never oh, actually. Yeah. Yes, we never actually see their van again. 
That's interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe it's too hard to, too hard to have two sleepwalking fights push a fight. I mean, it's a good visual. It's a good it, visual. It is, look, it is a good visual. And look, as I said, the film sequence probably is the highlight of it, um, particularly the first one where Bill is just walking again and he goes across the top of the bus and then he walks up and he walks along the... climbs up the, the painter's um, galley thing yes. and then goes up the and walks along the top of the railway embankment mm. and then continues on and then pushes the woman into the water. I, look, I enjoyed it. it it's, it's a fun episode to watch. I don't really have many negatives. Probably the guest star was probably the only real negative, I think, out of it. Yeah, and he, um, it wasn't awful. He just... I don't think quite hit the pitch. No, maybe maybe didn't quite hit the right note. Just going back to the writing, it it is a real pity that Broaden Your Mind basically doesn't exist. I don't think there's any audio of it, is there? Uh, There's some, I think. Because you would be able to see... No, I don't think there's a full set, but there's some. It'd be interesting to see how their writing from that series developed and whether that sort of carried on into the goodies. Mm. Because there is, as you were saying, there is a, a sense that they're not really writing for... It, it has a feel, a feel of a radio script in, in part. And I don't know whether they've sort of fully... But then they've written for television anyway. I'm sort of thinking out aloud. It, it, it does feel, I think in this one, it does feel as though they've started mm. with the um, sleepwalking part. Mm. And then work out, okay, how do we, how how do we, we get, get to here? That? And then and where then do we, we go? Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that actually, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they've gone, we've just got this idea, this wonderful visual thing. You do this, 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 and this. Cool, how do we get Bill sleepwalking? Mm. And they've gone back and found a mechanism to do it. Uh, any other thoughts before we get into a couple of our specific topics? No, I don't think so much. As I said, I think it's a fun episode. Look, I don't think it's certainly a classic, but it, it's certainly a fun, entertaining episode to watch. Yeah, I, I would agree. That actually holds up quite well, I think. Mm. For... And, and certainly better than, than maybe some of the ones we're going to talk about in coming weeks. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think if, if I watched Tower of London and walked straight into this, I wouldn't, mm. wouldn't have a problem. So the first segment that we look at when applicable, and it is here, is the ad segment. Now, this is an unusual one because the ads directly relate to the episode. Yes. What did we, what did we make of them? The, the first one with the couple at the end of the day, I mean, look, there's a bit where they drink it and they fall off, the, but it really probably only works because Bill walks through the background and does his sleepwalking thing right at the very end of it. Mm. I mean, the actual ad itself really isn't what no. you would call amusing at all. No, no. no. It's just sort of there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that the, the, the fiction of the story intrudes into the, the, the ad as such. So, mm. And that sort of prefigures um, what happens with String much further on into the series yes. where it's very surreal. There's just that little hint of it here. Yeah, you know, no, yeah that's absolutely right. It's, it's very, very rare that the ads are something other than a very self-contained mm. standalone. Um, and the second one with the dog I actually thought was... Not, you know, laugh out loud funny, but, no, it, but it, it made me smile. Yes, I think, I mean, it's it's probably fairly obvious where it's going. Yes. And I suppose it's hard because you've seen it before, so it, it, you sort of know exactly, you know exactly where it's going. Mm. But I think even my, you know, my son worked out, because I watched it with him, and I think even he worked out where it was going. Yeah. So, having not seen it before, but... Yes, no, that's fair. Now, our regular look also at what we call, what couldn't they get away with today? <laughs> Now, there wasn't a lot here. I've got... No, I haven't really got a lot for this one, I don't think. No, I... The the, the stuff with Bill chasing... Yeah, the, the ladies the on ladies the beach, the yeah. Beach, it, I think you could get away with it today, but I don't know whether in this sort of a thing they would pitch that quite as overtly where he's... Everywhere else he's just blindly... You know, the, no. the joke is he's blindly walking along and as soon as he sees a girl in a bikini, he moves out of his way, stops, 
deliberately turns to her <laughs> and <laughs> continues to go. And it's, it's look, it, it, it works as a gag. It absolutely yeah, works yeah, it as a does. Gag. Um, and I think you would get away with it today, but perhaps not in the same sort of a show. No, probably not. Um, no, I mean, there wasn't really too much because there's no, I mean, there's none, there's no lemon sherbet stuff. There's no topless women just inserted just randomly throughout the episode or, or you know, people, ladies yeah. taking their clothes off well, or whatever. We'll get on that gravy train later. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's so, right. No, I actually think that that's a, probably a fairly safe episode. And I mean, the ABC... I, I don't think they even cut him chasing the women in the bikinis here. No, I don't, I think, I don't this, think, this, I think that was I recall here. saying that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is staple. This pretty, staple pretty much it's sent here uncut, I think. Yeah, at 6pm on a weekday. So that's that's certainly the case. First times. I think there's one very significant first time, which is uh, the first appearance, I believe, of Corbett Woodall. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, now, his first appearance is actually him asleep at the news desk. <laughs> um, but he does get a few lines uh, later, later on. on later on but that that's a very big deal there's also our first enoch powell joke i noticed which yes um incredibly topical reference for 1970 and mm. uh less topical for 2016 16, but yes <laughs> uh but that's in there we've already mentioned the the, the rolf harris i, I guess van. yes I, I guess this is this, this actually makes rolf harris the first example of a running joke because it's now two episodes in a row that he's turned up yes that's true mm. i mean that they, they probably um, it's, it's interesting because they, they sort of talk uh, later on about Max Bygraves putting people to sleep um, in a couple of other episodes, but it's not mentioned here. Mm, that's true. Um, and, and he, I mean, he's another one that um, really becomes a, 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 a source, as indeed, and we see Tony Blackburn again during the series. Yes. So you, you, can, you can see the genesis of some of their ongoing running gags. Yes. Even, mm. even this far back. But yeah, no, Corbett, Corbett Woodall, I think, is the... the, the, the Notorious fourth goody, as some people have called him. Um, that was a very important one. And we then get to the end of the show, obviously, with their sped-up footage, which I, I must admit the gag is kind of ruined by the fact that the manager guy actively shoots the gun into in the, the, in the, the air. air rather than at them, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know whether that's a case of he didn't get what the gag was meant to be or maybe the gag was meant to be that and it doesn't quite work. But the idea that they're running from him trying to shoot them when he doesn't try to shoot them. them. No, and, and and he doesn't chase them out into the street either, so... Uh, no, no, um, no, but look, it's, it's a nice... Uh, again, when I was a kid, yeah, that, that was an incredibly funny... Uh, it's fine. I mean, the, the bit where they're running down the street presumably is either another take of the, the see, clip used right at the end of the opening credits. Yes. Um, where they run down, Tim and Bill collide into each other, oh, get, yes, get up, right, sort of yeah. smack each other and then run on. Assuming an alternative take, perhaps of that, possibly their willingness to engage in physical comedy, like running into—I mean, is is should be remarked, I think, because as as we were saying before, they do throw themselves into it. And oh, they do, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So our final segment is our favourite lines. Uh, Rob, do you have any nominations for this one? Um, favourite lines uh, or favourite gags? Look, nothing really jumps out at me particularly I, I, I do think that Graham is very good at the, the sort of the put down but again nothing really jumps out at me but I've always just watching this back again Graham's delivery of his lines really stood out for me uh, ahead head and shoulders about the other two yep hmm. Richard I, again nothing really leapt out I mean again I would call out the, the visual sequences particularly with Bill Bill sleepwalking and I, I think that's really well done 
uh, probably another, and again, it's a Graham moment at physical comedy where he um, takes the swig of the new improved yes. snooze and then passes out before he can grab the antidote. Yeah, I actually that down as one of, one of my two. First, I take a swig of new improved snooze, yes. and, and then, then I have beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, look, again, I'll, I'll mention the bit about him, you know, putting, uh, brushing his toothy pigs, putting on his Jimmy Jim gown, and <laughs> getting into sl- going to sleepy bobos. Yes, there, there are a couple of good lines. The other one that I noted that's a very simple gag, but I, I must admit, I. I remember it and I laugh at it. He's right towards the end where um, the, the the guy says, and the Prime Minister in a hundred times his normal self is not very funny. <laughs> and he says, oh, he must be. <laughs> um, it's a lot It's a lovely line. Bill delivers it perfectly, but you just have that visual image of Edward Heath or indeed any Prime Minister on oh, on the snooze antidote. It, it, it's quite a mem- memorable gag to finish the show. So, final thoughts? I liked it. It's likeable enough. I think it's a middling episode. But yeah, I, I have memories of it when I was a child back in the 70s, and um, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, much, much what Rob said. It was a fun episode to watch. I Again, I remember watching it ad infinitum, thanks to the ABC, because it was on fairly high rotation on their, um, their list, but uh, I've got quite fond memory of it. Look, it was good watching it again. It, it still held up, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, since we launched our social media profile, we've had a few very nice comments from listeners. I hope you're enjoying the content now that it's out. But the most common question we've had is about future DVD releases. Now, we plan to do a bit of a more formal discussion about past DVD releases and what's out in a later episode in Season 2. But future episodes... Richard, you're a bit of an expert here. What can you tell us? I don't know about the word expert. Most of the the anticipation comes... Um, Network DVD who did the original DVD releases and there are four of those there are three discs of BBC episodes and then there is another disc with the uh, London Weekend or the ITV episodes they put an announcement out I think it was in about late March I think that sounded right Rob sounds about right yeah saying that they had negotiated or renegotiated their deal with the BBC and that the, the comment is there's no time frame really attached to it it, it simply says that they will be putting out complete series box sets of some of the stuff they've released in the past, and the goodies is one of the ones specifically mentioned. As far as I'm aware, they've made no further announcement about that since. They have started releasing some of the BBC stuff under under this new deal. They've released the full series of Sink or Swim, and thankfully they didn't release Holding the Fort. The link there being that they're both Peter Davison sitcoms, obviously. They are. One's a lot better than the other. Yes. They've also released The Life and Times of David Lloyd George, which was done, I think that's late 70s or early 80s. They've also re-released and remastered and re-released The World at War. Oh, wow. Yeah, for those of you who didn't have a chance to see it in the 70s, all 20-odd episodes or 30-odd episodes of it. And I believe in December they're releasing the full series of Till Death Do Us Part. That's December 16 or 17? Uh, December 16. Okay. The only real time frame they gave in their announcement was it said from later this year and into next year. This is for the goodies? For anything, okay. basically. So I guess we've seen the first few releases, but I haven't seen anything mentioning the goodies specifically. Mm-hmm. But I would assume, well, obviously the intention is there. Well, at, given the time frame, probably from next year, you would assume the episodes start being released? I, I would think. I mean, look, there would potentially be some rights issues I would think around them so I, I hope because one thing with uh, with the music master I know there was a couple of episodes that were, were edited the music master was one uh, when they were screened on pay TV mm. and I'm assuming that's obviously because of clearance rights for the music 
So I, I kind of hope that they do spend the time and negotiate them, that they can be released complete and uncut. Yeah, Goody's Rule OK was another one that had some quite serious Yes, it did, yes. But yeah. mostly coming down to the Beatles. Uh, very much so. Yeah, so look, uh, the intent clearly is there to release them, so I, I guess it's just a case of just watch this space. All right, well, as we hear more, we will update our listeners. So that was the episode Snooze. Next week we'll be coming to you with Give Police a Chance, uh, which which could be an interesting discussion. Yes, I maybe. I think perhaps a little bit more controversial than this one. Perhaps, I think. Perhaps, I think. But until then, it's time for a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. He's gone to sleepy bobos. Sleepy <laughs> bobos? Yeah.